You're listening to the Roundup Podcast. I'm Connor Thomas. On this episode, it's part two of our look at the lives of Jesuits around the school. This time we have an interview with the superior of Jesuits on campus, Father Wally Sidney. It's the week of November 20th. So welcome to the podcast, Father Sidney. Thank um, you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, as I as I said, I you're this is sort of the part two, so you're the, the third Jesuit I'm interviewing in the matter of a week, I think. But if you could introduce yourself and say what you do on campus, basically. Okay. So I actually have two different roles here on campus. Uh, the role that I enjoy the most is freshman theology. So I don't know how much the freshmen enjoy because I haven't I haven't been in the classroom for a good number of years because I spend a lot of time in administration, uh, but I do teach. And then my other role uh, on the campus is as superior of the Jesuit community. Uh, more of that has to do with just the Jesuits. So we, we divide up, being superior is, is kind of a two-fold job. One is what we call cura personalis, so it's, I have responsibility uh, to help the, the Jesuits that are part of the community here in their life as Jesuits and in our community and, and working here in the, in the school. And then the second part is what we call cura apostolica, which means I share a responsibility that our provincial has about the the overall apostolate, the overall work here at, at Jesuit Dallas. To, is this work going in the direction and achieving the goals that, that we wanted to achieve as a Jesuit work? So kind of twofold. And you mentioned the provincial. Could you describe sort of the structure of the Jesuit order so people get structure is real simple. Okay. We have a general at the very top. You know, he's in charge of all Jesuits in the world. Uh, and actually, there's only one Jesuit community. There's, there's our, our general, Father Sosa, and then every other Jesuit. Uh, but because we're, we're large, I mean, we're, I think we're still close to you know, 20,000 Jesuits in the world, I think. Uh, we divide things up into what we call provinces, the smaller areas. Um, And then provincials are put in charge of the province. So Father Sosa appoints a provincial and then a provincial will appoint other superiors in his province to help him in his work. So it's general, provincial, local superior. So it's- Kind of like a pyramid. Yeah, it's kind of like a pyramid, but it's, you know, there's not a whole lot of distance between the bottom and the top mm-hmm. on this pyramid. Uh, but Father Sosa, no, the general is the one who has, uh, no, the final say in things. And he's pretty new. I, I think yeah, I remember. Yeah, he was just elected yeah. a year ago. Mm-hmm. A year ago, October. Was there like a transition period within the order? Was well, there news around that? Well, there there is a transition. So... Um, the general is the, is the only person who's elected for life. So up until the time of Father Arupe, 
uh, no general had resigned. So they, when they died, we <clears throat> Jesuits would come together and we'd elect a new superior general. Uh, Father Arupe tried to resign, but the Pope didn't want him to resign. But then he had a stroke and could no longer function. So uh, first a Jesuit went in because we have ways of handling that within the, the order. But then the Pope came in and said, no, I want this man in. So since we take that bow to the Pope, no, we follow what the Pope had to say. So a different person came in. Father Kovenbach eventually was elected as the, the new superior general, but then after a number of years, he said, no, I'm, I'm getting to an age where I simply can't do the work anymore. It's no, the number of hours and everything is just too demanding. Uh, so he, he asked the Pope if he could step down. The Pope said yes. And then he, he called a, a general congregation to elect uh, a new superior general. But again, when the general congregation got together, they could either accept or not accept his resignation. They accepted it. Because we too, we, we just recognize people are living a lot longer and it's harder uh, for guys as they get older in age you know, to, to keep up the, the work. So now it, it's, it's, it's been sort of the custom that, that the general know when he reaches a certain age is that he decides he can't do the work that he has to, re to resign or retire. And so there are 20,000 total, you said? Yeah, it's about that. Mm -hmm. I forget what the exact number is. Does that include all the, all the, all the stages, like the novices? Oh, yeah, because you're a Jesuit. Uh, you're a Jesuit from the time you take first vows. So technically... Uh, Mr. Caesar wouldn't be a Jesuit yet because he hasn't pronounced vows. But he's already living in the novitiate. So we count novices uh, within the group. And that's, no, the novitiate's only two years. At the end of two years, you take vows, perpetual poverty, chastity, and obedience within the society, uh, and you are a Jesuit. And what was your process of becoming a Jesuit sort of like? How did you learn about the Jesuits and why did you join? Oh, I, I learned about the Jesuits. I, I, had a, I grew up in St. Louis and I had an uncle and some cousins who lived right up the street from us. And I don't know how they got to know some of the young Jesuits that studied down at St. Louis U. But on Sundays they used to, we, used, we would get together as a family and they used to invite some of the young Jesuits over for dinner with them. Um, so I, I got to meet some of them that way. And then when I went to high school, I went to St. Louis U High, which were, would be like Jesuit here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I got to, we had a lot more Jesuits working in the school at that time. So I got to know a lot of the, a lot of the Jesuits there. And as I was thinking about you no, know, where I was going, what I was going to do, where I was going to go after high school, I said, ah, maybe I'll give this a try. And as as it turned out, there were four guys from my senior class that all entered the Jesuits that year. Three guys are are still in. One guy left after about oh, John left 
maybe four years or so in. Never took, he delayed taking vows and then decided, nah, this really isn't where he belonged. So he's since has gotten married and lives down in Florida. So you went in right after high school, you kind of- Went in right after high school. That was, mm-hmm. that was more, there were 19 of us that, that entered the year that I entered. And the vast majority of us were right out of high school, either right out of high school or one or two years out of high school. And did you have any unique experiences sort of between then and coming to Jesuit Dallas now? Like, what, what have you been They're doing as a priest? Yeah, yeah. Every experience is unique. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I've spent most of my life working in high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've been at DeSmet in St. Louis on three different occasions. I've been at St. Louis High, I've been in Regis up in Denver, and I've been at St. John's College down in Belize. Um, Now, each school is very similar, but each school kind of has its own kind of culture, the way they do things, how they express things. You know, St. John's in Belize is very small. Uh, The whole high school is only 450 guys, so there's just, there was, what just about a hundred guys per year so I mean it it wasn't it was less than half of what what Jesuit is uh St. Louis U High in St. Louis you know they prided themselves for years at um gearing their whole program and trying to educate guys that are on the upper end of the uh of the test score spectrum so they, they try to, to get the guys who are, are really the brightest and try to get them in. DeSmet, DeSmet's like, like here and, and like Regis. No, there are some guys that are really at the top and some guys in the middle. Not, usually not guys to the end because the programs that we have are, are usually pretty challenging. But no, a broader spectrum of student uh, rather than St. Louis High tries to, to get the students more at the top end. Um, so I, they've all been, they've, all those experiences have been, been interesting. You know, I've been in different places. Uh, the last part of our training, when, when you talk with uh, Mr. Redding and Mr. Caesar, uh, the last part of our training is called tertianship, which is where Father Hooks is right now. Um, and for that, I worked at a boys' ranch up in uh, up in uh, Washington, state of Washington, and then I worked up in Alaska for three months in the uh, some of the missions that the the Jesuits work work on along the Yukon River. So I mean, those those you no know, Belize, Alaska, uh, working at the boys' ranch, those were really unique experiences. No, much different than teaching school day to day. But in your work at high schools, you said you you mentioned how they felt similar to you. Could mm-hmm. you elaborate on what what were the similarities that you found? Because we're all we're all part of the same educational system. So you know, you talk about grad at grad, talk about men for others, uh, you talk about majus. You know, those terms are familiar to all the schools. Talk about Kairos retreat. All the schools have the Kairos retreat. So there, there are certain things that are, are very similar. There are other things that, that are different, like Regis in Denver has two divisions. It has a boys' division and a girls' division, two 
separate high schools on this on the same campus. Uh, St. Louis, you have St. Louis High and DeSmet, two Jesuit schools in the same city. Uh, down in, in Central America at St. John's College, uh, things are, are organized differently because they're organized in the British system. So guys would literally take nine courses, but English would be a different course than literature. But you would take biology, chemistry, and physics all together. It would be one, one course uh, over three years. But no, it, you wouldn't take biology one year, then chemistry another year, and physics another. You would take all three of them all at the same time and kind of weaving back and forth. Uh, so the educational system was, was different. And yet they would still have Kairos retreats. They would still uh, say they were men for others. So there's there's a there's a lot of things that a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of the the, the more uh, not superficial but the the more context oriented things would be different, but the the core of what the school is about would be the same in all of them. Is this your first time here, being the Superior Jesuit on campus? At this place, yes. So I had, I had been the superior at St. Louis U High for several years, and I had been the superior down in Belize for six years. So six years is the normal term. Um, and I probably would have been at St. Louis U High longer, but I got pulled out of St. Louis U High to go to Belize as superior, so. How's it been here? What, what sort of day-to-day -day things do you do um, regarding day -day, directing things, yeah? You know, it, we have, as a community, so every Wednesday night, we have mass together as a community. So people are running in different directions. We try to make it together for mass every day. But, you know, with all the different activities going on, that's difficult. But Wednesday night, we try to make sure that we're all there to pray together. And then we have a little social together so that we can see each other and just kind of socialize with each other before dinner. We have dinner together, and then after dinner, every Wednesday, we gather for a bit of conversation. Talk about, you know, what's been going on in our lives, what have been the good things going on, what are the challenges that, that we're facing. Talk about life over here in, at school, you know, things, because, uh, like Mr. Redding is back working in the advancement office in addition to teaching, he sees different aspects of the school that the rest of us don't. So we talk about you know, what we see going on in the, in the school, you know, how we think we can help out better with what's going on in the school. Uh, you know, Mr. Ersing has asked us to try to be at, at certain events, so we go over you know, what are the events in the next week or so that uh, it would be good for us to, to be at. Um, so. I'm the one responsible for getting all that. And then each of us has house jobs. So Mr. Redding, Mr. Croto, they do the buying for us. We don't have food. People are not happy. We get on them. They're the ones so that So it's are, like chores. That's it's right. Easy. That's their chore is to, is to take care of the uh, food. Father Leininger, I don't know if you've seen Father Leininger. He's 93 mm -hmm. and works back there. His chore is he washes the placemats at our, at our settings every day. And he gets the mail and brings the mail over to the 
to the house and, and puts it in our individual uh, mailboxes over there. Father Lease is what we call the minister. So his is a big job. So anything that pertains to the house. Now, if something goes wrong with the electric, electrical system or the plumbing in the house, or like yesterday he had a guy in that was just servicing the, uh, the furnaces in the houses uh, so they're ready for, for wintertime. That's his job. Uh, I take care of the, of the books. Um, Mr. Caesar really doesn't have a house job because he's more, uh, he's just here for like six weeks. So he just kind of pitches in and helps out with dishes and that in the evenings and mm -hmm. helps out. So a lot, of the, a lot of the work that I do is that. But then they're also, um, twice a year, I'll get together with Mr. Redding and, uh, and Mr. Croto very formally and sit down and talk about you know, what's going on. What, how are they physically, you know, what's their physical health like? How are their classes going? Uh, but then also, how's your spiritual life going? You know, how's your relationship with, with God? How are you growing as a Jesuit? So to, to go out and teach for us is part of our training. So there are certain goals that, uh, that they have over the three years that they spend here. And one of the big goals is how to pull things together. Um, so before coming here, they were students. So the majority of their time was just focused on their studies. Well now, they have to be focused on the community, they have to be focused on teaching, and they have to find a way, because they're a lot busier than they were when they went to college, now how do you work prayer and, and you know, your, your life into a very uh, demanding kind of profession? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I talk with them about that. And then once a year, I get together with Father Lees, Father Leininger, Father Gibbons is another person who's a member of our community, mm. although he, uh, he, uh, he's on the road most of the time. He's our vocation promoter for the province. Mm. Uh, so he's out and about. But, but yeah, so that's, it's a good job. It's, mm -hmm. it's a great job you know, just to, uh, to, to kind of be able to see how God's grace works in different people's lives. And I, I think you had said to me earlier to me earlier that um, there are no Jesuit brothers on campus. Could you? Nah, we don't have as many brothers yeah. as we used to. Like when when I entered, now I entered the Jesuits over fifty years ago, and we actually had a huge farm that we were still farming. So we had brothers who who farmed the fields. We had a brother who made cassocks for us. So we had a tailor. We had another brother who was a shoe repairman, so we never sent our shoes out to be repaired. We gave them to Brother Yanez. He would put new soles on our shoes. The one thing about Brother, Brother Yanez didn't like slip-on shoes, like your shoes. He didn't like those. They're very comfortable. They are. But what he would do, if you needed those shoes repaired, he'd repair them, but then he would slit them down the middle, and he would put eyelets on either side oh. so you could tie a lace and tie them. He believed in tie shoes. So some guys, no, 
they came into the novitiate with shoes like that, and Brother Yanez fixed their shoes. But we had a cobbler. Other guys were carpenters. We had uh, some guys who were plumbers that took care. No, we never called people in from the outside to take care of anything. We had a huge seminar. I mean, we had, we had a lot of ground. We had a, lot, a huge, huge building. The brothers took care of everything. They were the cooks. They were the carpenters. They were the farmers. They, they did everything. Not so much anymore. Mm -hmm. So the brothers that we have today, uh, they enter, and the biggest difference between the priests and the brothers is being ordained. So the brothers enter because they want to be part of religious life. They want to live in a community. Uh, they want to take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience and live and serve within the, the, the Jesuit community but they don't see themselves as being ordained. Uh, so we have one brother who's the dean of the School of Philosophy at St. Louis U, uh, you know, has a college degree, dean of a school, a uh, very high level job, but he's, he's not ordained, so he doesn't administer sacraments. Um, we have another brother who's the head of the Vatican Observatory over in Rome Again, a uh, very brilliant man, you know, but his, his job is, is not, you know, keeping the house running, but his job is to do the research as an, uh, as an astronomer. Uh, so the brothers today do, aren't the same as the brothers, you no know, 50 years ago when I entered. Uh, you know, which is, it just shows a, a change in, in our society uh, but probably a, a change in society in general overall. Uh, but we don't get we don't get many guys that, that enter to be brothers anymore. Uh, most guys that enter enter to be scholastics to, to go on to study for the priesthood. Did you consider becoming a brother? No, nah, mm -hmm. I didn't. I have to admit, I enjoyed the brothers. The brothers were the brothers mm -hmm. were a good group. They were a lot of fun uh, to be around. The brothers knew how to have a have a good time. Um, so they were, uh, they were a good group to hang out with. I used to go fishing with a, a group of the brothers that uh, we'd go out camping and, and fishing a lot, whereas a lot of the other priests, you know, they didn't, that wasn't the kind of thing that they enjoyed doing. And I know, um, so widening scope slightly here, mm -hmm. I don't know, there, there are other orders in the Catholic Church, right? Mm -hmm. So could you maybe speak to similarities and differences between those and the Jesuit order? Okay, the, the similarity would be that we're all religious orders. So we mm -hmm. all take, you know, the basic vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Uh, but each order has its own charism that we talk about. It has, you know, it, it can show up in the kind of work that they do. It can, it can show up in their, their spirituality. Um, for the Jesuits, with Ignatius, when, when Ignatius formed the Jesuits, he did it specifically, he did not want us to be monks, which was the experience of all other men religious orders. You had Franciscans, you had Dominicans, uh, Benedictines, they lived in monasteries. And in addition to take a vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience, they would take a vow of stability. And stability meant they'd spend the rest of their life at that location doing the work for that monastery. Ignatius didn't want that. He wanted a group of men 
that could pick up at a moment's notice and go anywhere where they were needed. And he believed that the Pope, as the, as the head of the church, you know, knew where the greatest needs were. So Ignatius said, for, for Jesuits, we would take a fourth vow of obedience to go anywhere in the world that the Pope would send us. So in addition, rather than saying, I'm going to spend the rest of my life you know, at Jesuit here, uh, I can get pulled out at any time and sent anywhere. Because if there's a greater need, you know, that's, that's what's going to happen. It doesn't happen as much today as it did in the early days of the society. But um, this was probably back, oh, I don't know if it would have been the 80s or, or, or late 80s, early 90s. There was a, a former provincial, Leo Weber. He finished his, his six years as provincial. He was in Denver at Regis University. He was superior of the community. Mm -hmm. uh, Father Arupe said, you know, we have a group of young Jesuits in Ecuador uh, that need an older Jesuit to help train and form them on how to really live the life of a Jesuit. Father Weber, I want you to go to Ecuador. That's outside of your province. I know you don't know Spanish. Go learn Spanish and go down there and do that. So he does. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, he had a heart attack in between, Ooh. and that kept him from going to Ecuador because of the altitude. Uh, but, no, that's, that's our charism is to find God in all things and to go anywhere in the world. Um, and education <coughs> has become, you know, a big tool that that we use uh, in order to serve God. Although, you know, more and more uh, recently, we've done a lot of work with refugees and and migrant peoples, uh, you know, just accompanying them. And we're in the process right now of kind of re-evaluating, not where we want to work, but try to reevaluate where is God calling us? You know, as, as Jesuits, you probably went over the first principle and foundation at some point here, didn't you, in one of your theology classes? I think so, yes. Yeah, I mean, Ignatius I says it. his first principle and foundation is we've, we're made, we are created to, to love, reverence, and serve God. Mm -hmm. And by that means to save our souls. Everything else we've been given in order to help us know, love, and serve God. Uh, and we use things insofar as they help us in, to meet that goal, and we let them go, we detach ourselves, or we're indifferent towards them, in as much as they can hinder us. You know, schools have been a great tool for us, uh, especially here in the United States. We got involved in schools early on, with all the immigrant population that came into the country. It was a way you know, to help people settle into the United States, to give them an education, to be able to you know, kind of raise themselves up, and a, a way to evangelize, to keep them hooked in you know, with the church and to know their, their faith better. Okay, there, there are plenty of people now that can do that, that we may not be needed to do that in the same way that we did it before. But we may be needed 
to do something else. Now, what the something else is, I don't know. No, do we need to get more involved with, with migrants? No, people who are displaced uh, because of either economics or, or social conditions? No, maybe that's where God is, is calling us. But no, what we, what, we're, what we need to do is to discern where God's leading, where God's calling, and then be free enough, even if we've been at a place like St. Lucia High is celebrating their 200th anniversary, supposedly. It's a little, they trace their beginnings back to the beginnings of St. Louis U. Uh, but even if they've been at the, the present location since 1926, even, even a school that would be you know, 100, 200 years old, we don't necessarily have to stay there. You know, if, if God is calling us to something else, what we as Jesuits, part of our charism is to find the freedom to move on and go and serve God where God is, is calling us at that moment. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not the same for the other orders. You know, the Dominicans, the Benedictines, they're, they're, they're tied to their monasteries, and that's their work is, is education. They find other ways to support themselves. That seems like a good way, way to end it right there. Okay. All right, so thank you for coming. Oh, on. thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. I hope, uh, hope you can get some more guys. You ought to talk to Father Leininger sometime. Oh, he yeah. could give you a different perspective on things. No, he was he was critiquing me on my uh, on my setup at the open house. I was running the, oh, was the roundup booth, and he was he was he was telling me some ways in which I can improve it. So I think I took notes for next year. There you go. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.